podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it's time for the K-State Oklahoma preview. Uh, Grant had my back when I was traveling back from Oklahoma after that Stillwater game. I have his back. He has some stuff going on. He's being a good father, so I'm going at this preview episode solo. With the help of the good boy named Chauncey Bosco, who is the most adorable puppy in the world. I'm sure he will uh, be trying to hop up on me. He wants to join the show, but quite frankly, he doesn't have any takes worth a damn, so we're going to try to keep the microphone away from him. But we're going to get into it, and I have a delicious beer of the pod, and as always, the beer of the pod is sponsored by Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the only live and free audio only sports talk platform where you can talk to people like us we go live every wednesday 7 p.m other fans other insiders all that type of stuff i have a challenge to bonehead nation i want you guys to start a spotify green room whether it be after our live show maybe on a thursday maybe on a tuesday i don't care what it is but i want to see a bonehead gathering by the Boneheads for the Boneheads over at Spotify Green Room. If it happens, let me know. I'll retweet it from my personal account, from the show account. I'll hop in. I want to see what a Bonehead-led Green Room is like. So shout out to the Boneheads. I want to see what you guys can do. Let me know. And hey, if, if anyone wants to take the reins, I'll actually pimp out the time beforehand. I just want to see. I just want to see the Green Room led by the Boneheads. Just see, just see the congregation of boneheads get together. Um, so yeah, that's my challenge to all of you today. Um, but yeah, 7 p.m. every Wednesday. Uh, it's in the iOS or Android app store. So just get in there and let's rock and roll. My beer of the pod is, of course, not of course. I I just really enjoy it. It is the spicy, always delicious pumpkin beer from New Belgium. I love, I mean, I love the pumpkin beers. I love, uh, I love it when people do a, just a spin on it. You know, it's, it's the Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin. Sorry, I think I just called it their pumpkin beer. Now, they might have a couple others, but it, it's just a delicious, just a delicious pumpkin beer, a little spicy. I can't get enough of it. It's pumpkin boy season. We're only in September. We got a good Month, month and a half left in pumpkin boy season. So get yours tweeted at me and let's go. Uh, let's just jump into Coach Kleiman's uh, press conference. Um, these are always interesting and I, I I think this one for many different reasons may be a very telling or a very interesting one. I would say anyone who has ESPN Plus or you can go to the K-State Sports Facebook page or our friends over at KSAT Online, they always do a great job getting the press conferences up on the YouTube channel. I think that 
everyone needs to go over there, watch it, and kind of pick up on some of the small nuances from Coach Kleinman because he came in way more cheery, kind of doing some jokes, just kind of uh, in a really surprisingly good mood before the questions even started. Again, that obviously doesn't mean anything. I, I was trying to pick up on different context clues last week, and look what it ended up doing for the team. Like, absolutely nothing. Uh, worst game of the year, one of the worst games of, you know, his tenure at K-State. Uh, but but I don't know. I mean, maybe I was expecting a little bit more stoic, maybe a little bit more, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting it like this. Um, he really did try to bank off of how the defense ended. And I actually, I, I've done a full circle on this. I've gone back and forth. I don't know how much I'm actually, how much credit I'm going to still give the defense for that second half in Stillwater because I think eventually Gundy got to the point where he was like, all right, all I have to do is see this game out. They can't score on me. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to put as much weight in that second half performance as Coach Kleiman's trying to, but he really wanted to hammer home the idea of they're building off of that second half performance versus Oklahoma State. He says a little bit too little too late in that game, but you can build off it in the second half. I want folks to tweet at me let me know, are you trying to hold on to that second half as something that they can build on? Uh, coming into this Oklahoma game, or do you think it was kind of Gundy saying, hey, you know, I don't need to score more. I'm just going to try to see this game out without any uh, disastrous mistakes on offense. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, he, he really did point out and wanted to give a lot of credit to Oklahoma State on their defensive side of the ball. They said that they were going to take number 22 out of the rushing game, and they did, and we just couldn't figure it out. Again, uh, I, I think some fans sometimes make it too simple they try to say that the only offensive plan that we have is get the ball to Deuce, hand the ball off to Deuce, and if that doesn't work, there is no backup plan. I don't think it's that simple, but I, I, it's probably not as far away from the truth as I'd like it like to believe, especially with no Skylar Thompson. And Oklahoma State really did take him out of the game, and quite frankly, the offense didn't have much of an answer for it. So shout out to them. Uh, he said that they came back on Sunday – they watch a lot of film, and then they have to respond to adversity. They have to flush this one out. He, he likes to talk about adversity and all this type of stuff. I get a little bit nervous at how he presents it because this team saw a lot of adversity last year, and he tried to almost say that, oh, this is the first time they're facing it. We have to see how they bounce back. Enough of these guys were here last year, so I don't like – that message, him saying, okay, now we get to see how we respond to adversity. This this team, should it, that should not be how this team reacts. And to be fair, I'm not sure that's how the team reacted. And some of the player breakout stuff, uh, Felix and DK actually said, oh, no, we've faced adversity before. It kind of gave the answer that I wanted to see. So I, I think to be fair to the team, they're probably not looking at it like that. So uh, he said that they really needed to bounce back. Uh, Kleiman said it is not likely that they will have Skylar Thompson this week. And I'm going to revisit that before we get into our primers and Wildcat Roundup because I have some stuff to say about that. He said that it will be Will and Jaron this week and really said that Will will be able to go. He will be effective. He's still uh, sore, still injured. But by Thursday, he said he should be a full go, which I think is their threshold practice. You know, as long as you can go on Thursday, you're going to be able to go in the game. Um, so 
He said that the the goal was always to get Skyler back for the bye week and then get him ready for the Iowa State. Again, is that gamesmanship? Not sure. I'll talk about that, I'm sure, a few more times as this show goes on. Uh, he did give an update on Reggie Stubblefield, TJ Smith, and Daniel Matterbebe. So TJ and Amater Bebe did not practice yesterday. We're not full go in the weightlifting, but Reggie Stubblefield was. I'm of the belief that he had surgery, uh, a small surgery on his hand, and he'll be able to play with the club. That's what I think happened. I, I You can't take that as 100% sure, but I think he might see the sauce boss out there with a club on his hand, um, which I can only imagine the type of stuff that he's going to get into. Um, it, it really will be disappointing to not have T.J. Smith, the Wasp, or Daniel Matterbebe versus Oklahoma because you really need to have all hands on deck. I think you could make arguments that T.J. Smith has been the biggest surprise and one of the uh, more unlikely but great contributors on this defense. So if you don't get him, that's really going to kind of be a kick in the dick. Um, so I'm hoping he bounces back. I hope to get him, even if it is just for 15, 20 plays, Anytime the dude steps out on the field, he's a game changer. He's making uh, plays. He, he's giving it his all. So I I would be disappointed if we didn't get to see any T.J. Smith. So I'm really going to keep holding my breath. And then for Daniel Matterbebe, I think you can make arguments of has he lived up to that preseason hype. But you saw what he was able to do in that second play of the game versus uh, Nevada. You know he has the capabilities of big plays. And for an offense that is just starved of playmakers outside of Deuce Vaughn and Skylar Thompson when he's healthy, uh, especially one who can catch the ball, you really need to find that guy. So if he's not a go, that's another big disappointment and uh, kind of disheartening. I, I It's disappointing, um, but you know that's probably why he ended up at K-State and why he's transferred around so much. The guy has all the talent under the sun, but just seems to be snake bitten when it comes to injury. So holding out hope for TJ and Amater Bebe being able to get a handful of plays, but I am pumped to get the sauce boss back because we're gonna need to we're gonna need to see Reggie make some big plays. Um Clement also, so he, he had a lot of questions about the offense. He said that it is so important for this team, especially this iteration of the team, to get the big play early and how important it is to be able to run the quarterback. Um, I 100% agree about getting that big play early because then all of a sudden it makes it so the opposing defense has to worry about that big play, has to worry about the pass, and they can't be loading up nine in the box like we saw versus Oklahoma State. If you can't hit that big play early, uh, then all of a sudden you know, you're not going to be able to keep them off. We saw exactly what happened when you can't hit that big pass play early when you played Oklahoma State. You know, the only big play early was a Will Howard run, which then comes back to the whole idea of we need to do the quarterback run game. You didn't see that at all from Jaron Lewis. Kleiman said it's because at that point, uh, you know, Max Marsh and uh, Jake Rubley just had not gotten enough practice time, and they were nervous to run Jake Ru- or to, to run Jaron Lewis. I'm not 100% sure I buy that. Um, you're at a point in the second half where you are always two possessions down. I, I think you have to, if you actually trust Jaron Lewis to run, to be part of the full quarterback run game, you saw a couple reads, a couple small runs. But if you truly trust him, 
you have to go for it. So I'm not sure if I'm completely buying into that, but uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see on Saturday. If, if, if it's true that Skyler can't go and it's going to be Will and Jaron again, then I, I hope we see Jaron run the ball if they truly believe in him. Um, also said, you know, it, the passing game is worrisome. Him being so frank about that, again, a little surprising, but I don't think there was any way for him to coach speak or get his way out of that. I, I, I don't think I don't think he could have. So he said it was worrisome. Uh, he said that, you know, he, he deflected blame from all positions and honestly kind of put a piece of it on all of them. Said that you have to make sure that you protect long enough. The wide receivers have to get open, and when the wide receivers get open, they have to make the catches, and you have to be able to get to the ball, get the ball to the wide receivers in that moment. I think that's correct for the most part. I think we saw in that Oklahoma State game, I think we saw times where the quarterback put it on the receiver to make a play, and the wide receivers didn't make plays. I think we saw times where if the offense gives them a split second longer, maybe you're able to make a better throw. We saw both wide receiver or both quarterbacks make just very bad throws. And then throughout the game, and I think honestly throughout the season, we've seen the wide receivers struggle to get open. So while I think the debate really lands on quarterback versus quarterback or even kind of dumping on the wide receivers, uh, which I, I think there's plenty of blame to go around the entire offense when it comes to the passing game woes. Um, I, I do think it is accurate that you know every single position group can catch some arrows when you're casting uh, doubt on that. Uh, also, quite frankly, said there is no secret. We have to improve offensively. Again, yes, there's no way to coach speak out of that. And then the last thing that really stuck to me is he said that um, after he talked to Coach True on Monday, he said that it was one of their best, you know, strength and conditioning practices in a really long time and said that it was the first sign that they're ready to bounce back they said he said that the monday practice was very spirited and said that mentally they're in a good spot now that doesn't mean that they're going to win the game but he said that the culture is going the correct way and is being built we heard him last season more than a handful of times call out the culture and say it's not going the way they want it to so if you're looking for moral victories and if you're looking for things to be somewhat um, positive about or just maybe if you're looking to not be super negative, I think culture being a positive thing, calling that out is a issue calling it out negatively last year. So if you're getting it as a positive call out, I'm going to take it. Now, before we kind of get into our primer segment in Wildcat Roundup, I do want to talk about Skylar Thompson. I'm of the belief, and I personally believe, that Skylar Thompson is going to start on Saturday. Is that wishful thinking? Is that taking small bits and pieces of information that I've been able to gather and projecting it out because I'm optimistic? I'm a Skylar Thompson guy. He's one of my, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of my all time favorite players at K State. Yes, probably. And I'm not going to run away from it. it. It very well could be a situation where uh, I'm grasping at straws because I, I thought and still think that this season could be magical. But as we saw versus Oklahoma State, that magic is gone. And I don't think that Will Howard and Jaron Lewis can harness the amount of magic needed to maybe make that run to Arlington or get a 9-1 season or do something magical and special for this season. 
And if you go down 0-2, all of a sudden, you are really needing a lot of that magic. Um, Spoiler alert, I'm not going to pick us to win this game, even with the knowledge me thinking that Skylar Thompson is going to be the quarterback. Um, But it gives you a fighting shot. He's the Sooner Slayer. He has two top 10 wins over Oklahoma in back-to-back years. Um, So with him in there, you at least can talk yourself into thinking, okay, maybe he has the magic formula. Maybe he has the magic dust. Maybe he is the Sooner Slayer. Um, And it gives you hope where otherwise uh, you might not have much coming into this game. Because I I think even optimistic K-State fans have to look at Oklahoma and think, just a matter of time before their offense really pops off. And quite frankly, this is some of the better defensive football we've seen in the Lincoln-Riley era anyway. So even if K-State's on their A game, which is needed, with Skyler, like Skyler Thompson's the only quarterback on this roster who can give you K-State's A game, that's the only way you're going to get a third straight win over Oklahoma. So I'm choosing to believe that Kleiman is doing gamesmanship. I'm choosing to believe that uh, we're going to see Skylar Thompson. When I saw him warming up, saw the clips of him warming up as I was walking in T-Boone Pickens Stadium, I thought he might even dress for Oklahoma State. So again, maybe I'm grasping, maybe I'm hoping, maybe I'm maybe this is reckless predicting, but I'm predicting Skylar Thompson does come back and is QB1 and takes that first snap versus Oklahoma. Or maybe... Just maybe Coach Kleiman does something cheeky, has Will Howard take that first snap, and then maybe bring Skylar Thompson out there. I don't know. I don't know what he's ultimately going to do, but I'm choosing to believe, to hope, to uh, just kind of will it into existence that Skylar Thompson is quarterback one and he's back. Now it's time to get into our Wildcat Roundup and Game Primers. They are sponsored by Adopt Don't Shop. If you want to make a furry friend for life, a companion for your whole family, Make sure to go to one of the great shelters throughout this country and find your newest family member, like I did with little Mr. Chauncey Bosco. Momentarily, I'll be giving the Wildcat Roundup uh, from around the world in K-State Sports, and then we will get to our Oklahoma Primer from our friends over at Just OK Sports. And then to keep with tradition of OU Week, we have our friend Tate Steinloggy from K-State Catbackers, uh, the Kansas City Catbackers, for the Wildcat Roundup. Uh, he's given it the last two weeks, and we are going to, like I said, we're pulling out all the juju, trying to trying to get win number three. Uh, before we do it, let's just get into it. Before I touch on women's soccer and volleyball, K-State basketball did get their first commitment for the class of 2022. Taj Manning, who is a stretch four, picked K-State over a handful of offers, including Wake Forest and Creighton. He's out of Indiana, and he's really seen his game pick up over the last calendar year. I think he really shows a ton of potential. He can still unlock some more of that potential. And I think this is a piece that isn't going to be an instant impact. I think he's going to be a year-long project his first year in Manhattan. I don't think he really contributes in that first year. But I think long-term he's going to be a guy where you can depend on him to get some, give you some minutes at the stretch four. He's really, in the last, you know, over the summer, shown an ability, a newfound ability to put the ground ball on the ground and make his own shot. So he's improved his uh, shot-making abilities, improved his ball handling. So, again, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy who contributes year one, but I think he might be a guy by his sophomore year, he starts getting some playing time, and then junior, senior year, he really carves out a role for this basketball team. So hopefully that's the case. 
Um, while we're fully entrenched in fall sports, uh, men's and women's basketball really kicks off their basketball practices here in a week or so. And before you know it, the exhibition season and then full season will be here. Uh, just a shout out to the women's basketball team. They have their first exhibition on Halloween versus my hometown, Wichita, or Washburn Ichabods. Then they'll play Pitt State on November 5th. The men's team has their lone exhibition game versus Pitt State on November 4th. So again, it's still a month out before the ball goes up in the air. A little bit more than a month out. But it's going to be here before you know it. And we're going to be covering K-State basketball. And we're going to try to keep a better job at keeping an eye on the women's team as well. Let's get into uh, soccer and volleyball. Sadly, they didn't do anything that would distract from the poor showing down in Stillwater. Uh, soccer, they got swept over their uh, you know uh, week week and weekend series. They lost two 0 both at home to Texas and on the road to Texas Tech. They have a big matchup in Rock Chalk Park on Thursday with the Jayhawks. The game kicks off at 7 p.m. So for the Kansas City and Topeka Cats. Not that far of a drive if you want to get out and support Brooklyn Ents, future KCNWSL superstar Brooklyn Ents, and Coach Dabini as they take on the Sunflower State rivals. If you can't make it to the game, it will be on Big 12 Now with ESPN+. Plus. That's at 7 p.m. Thursday, Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it's the only game this week. They'll be leaving it all on the field, no weekend matchup. So it's all or nothing versus Sunflower in the Sunflower Showdown this week. Volleyball kept the rough weekend going, getting swept both games versus the number 10 Baylor Bears. Honestly, it's not unexpected, but it does really put a ton of pressure on this team that is trying to do their best to get back into the NCAA tournament. So they lost their best chance at a quality win because I tell you what, that Texas volleyball team is salty. So they're really going to have to take care of business first, you know, the other seven teams in the Big 12, and they'll get it going this weekend. Um, Aaliyah Carter did keep her All-American campaign going. She led the team in kills and digs, uh, and you don't expect anything less. Like I said, she is going to be an All-American, whether it's this year, next year, or senior year. She's a legendary player, and she's maybe one of the best talents K-State Volleyball's ever seen. So be sure to watch them on ESPN Plus or get out to Bramlage when you can. They are on the road in Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma, facing the Sooners. Both matches can be heard on K-Man and KStateSports.com. You can see them on Bally Sports Oklahoma as well. The Friday match tips at 5 p.m. The Saturday match tips at 4 p.m. So now let's get into the football game primers. Like I said, we're handing it over to my favorite Oklahoma podcast, Just OK Sports. For the Oklahoma Primer, and then to my buddy Tate Steinlogy from KC Catbackers for your K State Primer. When you get back, we'll be breaking down what the game means, what I'll be looking for, and getting some game picks as well. Daryl Reininger, one of the 
Village Idiots with the more than average or maybe below average podcast called the Just OK Sports Podcast, where we focus on everything that is Oklahoma sports. We give a specific focus to Thunder basketball and to Oklahoma football, but we also cover things like Oklahoma State and really anything else in sports that we like. You can find us at SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify for Just OK Sports. You can also find us on Twitter at Just OK Sport. Just take the S off and you will find us there. We love to interact, have conversation, and so please join us and interact away. This week, the Sooners come to town, and they are a 4-0 ball club, still ranked in the top 10, though they have gotten there in a very unconventional way. It seems as though the offense in Oklahoma has disappeared while the defense has arrived. Opening up their first game, 40-35 win over Tulane after having a 23-point lead came down to a nail-biter where the defense held and got them the game, playing an FCS opponent 76-0, Nebraska 23-16, and West Virginia 16-13. While it has been an undefeated season, most OU fans at this point would tell you, though, that most of these games have felt like losses considering that OU came in with national championship implications. Now, as to this week and injuries, there is one player out that is assumed to be out with COVID. That is Cody Jackson, a true freshman wide receiver. There is a chance that starting safety and very good player Delarian Turner-Yell could be out, though we assume he will play. Then we also have standout true freshman linebacker Danny Stutzman, who is still recovering from a dislocated elbow, though Lincoln Riley today in his press conference says that that is a game-time decision as to whether or not he will play, and I would guess that he would. This is a young man that when he dislocated his elbow was pumping up the crowd, getting them to get their energy back up, and asking the coaches to go back in the game. The other two big losses for the Sooner are Woody Washington, by far their best cover corner, and so he will be out of this game as as well as Jalen Redmond, who through the first three games of the season uh, was their second highest graded defensive lineman in a defensive line that is very deep and is playing very, very well. Now, last week, the most recent encounter for OU was against the West Virginia Mountaineers. If you go back and look at this game, it was very tight. It was 16-3. The Sooners capped off a 3-minute and 50-second drive at the end of the game for the game-winning field goal as it was tied 13-13. It also should be noted that Oklahoma was very fortunate that there was a snap infraction and then a bad snap that got past uh, uh the West Virginia quarterback, sorry, uh, to the point that they lost 15 yards on the drive, and that's what caused them to have to punt Jared Dagey. That's the name I was trying to think of. I apologize. Again, just okay. So that play was a huge swing within the ball game. Yet again, here we are with OU's offense not showing up, and the defense, though, showing up in a very, very big way. Uh, Most would say that this was by far Lincoln Riley's worst offensive day that he has ever had as the offensive coordinator slash head coach at Oklahoma. The major talking points coming out of this game is, number one, the offensive line of Oklahoma that seems at this point inept to run the football. Well, yes, uh, their overall season totals might look good. I think that the FCS game of 76-0 very much inflates that. There was some hope against Nebraska, as it did seem the offensive line was beginning to play a little better. But last week went right back to being in shambles. Virtually no holes, no space, and I believe they ended the game at a 2.7 per carry average uh, within the game. And so that is by far the major talking point is their 
any possibility of OU getting this offensive line back together. The number two talking point coming out of the game is Spencer Rattler, who has not looked like the Heisman Trophy candidate nor a top draft pick at all so far this season. It seems as though he is having a very difficult time seeing the field and seems to continually be throwing off of his back foot, um, which is causing his ball to hang in the air just a little bit longer um, and has led to some interceptions along the season. That also led the student section last week at the Oklahoma game to start chanting, we want Caleb, referring to five-star recruit Caleb Williams that is the backup quarterback at Oklahoma. So by far, the question marks around Spencer Rattler is the number one issue with this Oklahoma team and will be the major talking point, I'm sure, all week in the media going into this game. Expectations for the season, though, are still available to OU. Um, they are 4-0. They are still a top 10 team, and I would have to imagine if they finish the season undefeated, they will be in the college football playoff. But if you talk to most fans, um, they do not feel that this is a national championship contending team at this point. Could they get there? Maybe. I find that very hard to believe at this point. It just does not seem that the offensive line has the talent, nor has Spencer Rattler progressed to the level uh, to be that kind of team. And the sad part about it is, is it finally looks like Oklahoma has a true championship contending defense uh, to go along with what we thought would be a Lincoln Riley offense, but it is not there. So again, Everything is still in front of OU, but I would still very much say that fans' expectation at this point is win the Big 12, let's go to a decent bowl game, and maybe improve as the season goes along. What are some other things to go into this game looking at? What are the strengths of Oklahoma? I think there's no question that the strength of this team is its defensive line. Um, They will play 10 to 12 players along their defensive line, and they are all wreaking havoc and making very good plays. Um, And so that's what you're going to want to watch out for. Even with the loss of Jalen Redmond, uh, this defensive line will cause problems, will bring pressure constantly, and make it a very difficult day on the K-State offensive line. The biggest weakness, as we've already said, is the offensive line. Um, I would imagine that the K-State D-line and linebackers are very excited to play this game, and I would think that most of them believe that they're going to get a boost in their stats. I would say the second weakness right now is I believe that part of the problem that Spencer Rattler has is not trusting that offensive line. Um, And so that's kind of what's causing that throwing off the back foot and those kinds of things. It's also causing him to not sit and actually scan and see the field. Those are going to be the two things to watch for in this game. Um, I believe that Kleiman and his crew will come up with a great game plan, um, and I think that there is a good possibility that Spencer Rattler could end up making two to three mistakes in this game, and as long as K-State can turn those into turnovers, it could actually be a very good day for the Kansas State Wildcats as it has been the last two years. Give you a few players to watch for from the OU side of things. Defensively, Isaiah Thomas, number 95. Um, He has been a kind of under-the-radar player even last year, but is the guy that continually makes plays, so you're going to want to watch for him along the defensive line. He's really the guy with Redmond out that's causing the most havoc. And I would say one other, if Delarian Turner-Yale is not able to play at that safety position, position number 12 key lawrence will be coming in there and he is a young player transferred in from tennessee uh, still kind of learning the system so i think that that's a guy to keep an eye on as well that could make some big plays or could be the other way around offensively as we've said spencer rattler keep an eye on him uh, to see how he handles this remember this is his
his true first true road test. Um, all of last year dealing with COVID restrictions, while he did go on the road, he has not been in a full house with a truly hostile crowd like he will encounter in Manhattan. It will be interesting to see how he handles that on the offensive side. What do I believe is the most important thing for our team to win this week? I believe it's the O-line finding a running game. If there is any way that Coach Biedenboe and Coach Riley can scheme things up or get this offensive line on the same page to get the running game going, then all of a sudden I believe what we have come accustomed to seeing offensively for OU, you will begin to see this week in Manhattan. And so keep an eye on that to see if that comes along. If they get the running game going, I believe it will be a very long day for K-State. Though I'm not very optimistic about that at this point, if that happens, it will be a great day for OU. Lastly, score predictions. I'm going to give two score predictions because there are lots of rumors swirling in the Norman, Oklahoma area that Skylar Thompson will play this weekend. And while that has not been confirmed, I will give one with Skylar Thompson and without. With Skylar Thompson at the helm, I believe K-State will pull off yet another upset against OU at 28-24. If Skylar Thompson does not play, I believe that OU will pull out a very close game 24-21 in Manhattan. So I do believe that Skylar Thompson is the linchpin. Either way, this defense will give whatever quarterback plays this weekend fits. That's our thoughts on this weekend's game. Again, my name is Daryl Reininger. I am one of the Village Idiot hosts of the Just OK Sports podcast. Again, find us on Twitter at Just OK Sport, or you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, any of those platforms. You can find us there and even YouTube as well. So we hope that you'll come by, interact with us, and let's have a great college football season. Hey there, Boneheads. Tate Steinlong here, Communications Director for the Kansas City Cat Packers and one-time K-State writer for the Associated Press, coming to you with this week's primer for the Cats matchup with number 6 Oklahoma. Now, if my voice sounds familiar, it's because this is my third consecutive year teeing up the primer for this exact matchup. And in the last two, I picked a massive blowout going against the Cats, only for them to upset the Sooners in dramatic fashion. Scott and Grant have had me on then just to see if I am truly the pick of death for our foes down south, so let's find out. The Cats come into this contest 3-1, still licking their wounds after a disappointing start to Big 12 play last weekend against Oklahoma State, where they managed just north of 250 total yards, including 62 on the ground for on 25 attempts. That was particularly discouraging after K-State rushed for 269 against Nevada the week prior. The Pokes took advantage of a K-State passing game that is struggling, to say the least, rearing back with design blitzes all night, daring the Cats to take the top off their defense. Now, Will Howard did show promise in the early going apart from a disastrous fumble on their own goal line following a mistake to take the ball out of the end zone that started the sequence. Howard's receivers, though, failed to make plays, and as Jaron Lewis entered the game, that only continued. Not even that, the play calling didn't help either, with puzzling decision after puzzling decision that could only be described as weak at best. Now, on the other side of the ball, Oklahoma State went up-tempo most of the night, which kept K-State from rotating players, something the Cats have used successfully in their first three games to keep guys fresh and give the opposition different looks. The result was a defense on their heels, not flying around to make plays like we had seen in the weeks prior, but playing reactive football. Now, the big question mark for this week and what everyone wants to talk about is around the health of Skylar Thompson. The veteran quarterback was on the field throwing the ball to receivers during warm-ups last weekend, something that surprised a lot of people, um, even as reports indicate that he's been active in practice over the last week or so. 
Oklahoma was always the goal for a return. Now, will it occur or will the staff let him have two more weeks with the bye week looming? And what percentage will Thompson be playing at when he does return? Will the staff avoid the quarterback run game when he is in there, essentially making him a one-dimension quarterback? Now, these are the questions currently without answers at this time, but could be answered as early as this week. Now, it's not necessarily a pivotal game in the grand scheme of things, but the loss last week does make this matchup more and more important. A loss means the Cats could be looking down the barrel of an 0-3 start to Big 12 play and 3-3 overall. A win, meanwhile, would be three straight against Oklahoma and plenty of good vibes and, more importantly, time before facing the Cyclones. The biggest strength for K-State so far is actually one of Oklahoma's glaring weaknesses right now, specifically in this matchup, which is the play of once Heisman hopeful Spencer Rattler. It's also one of these weaknesses that I described last year in the primer. Rattler has been lackluster to start the 2021 campaign with the home crowd actually booing him and chanting for the team's backup in their tight victory over West Virginia last weekend. Rattler isn't Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray talent-wise, and between the ears even less so. You wonder how much this, and it being a home game, K-State can exploit to cause turnovers and overall dysfunction in the Sooners' attack. Meanwhile, though, weaknesses for the Cats include the aforementioned passing attack, which feels generous to call it that, but also health. The Cats were without their top tight end against the Pokes in Amater Bebe, their Swiss Army Knife and Reggie Stubblefield, and lost TJ Smith towards the end of the game. There are several other position groups banged up as well, something to watch. To win this game, the Cats will need to get off to a fast start on both sides of the ball, which feels very obvious but so important to the way that this team wants to play. If Thompson's unable to go, Howard and Lewis will need to be game managers avoid costly mistakes while executing on a game plan that the coaching staff will need to be better at drawing up. Plain and simple. With Thompson, though, the Cats should draw some more respect at the line of scrimmage, giving more room for Deuce, Irvin, Wright to do what they do best, which is run the ball super well with a good offensive line. On defense, you want to see the Cats get back to playing proactive ball, flying around the field, making plays, not waiting for the game to come to them. Get in Rattler's face early and often, avoid the deep ball, and get the crowd into the ball game. Now, all of that to say that this doesn't really feel like the 2019 or 22 2020, excuse me, prediction from me where I thought K-State would have to be perfect to even stay in the ball game, let alone win. The Sooners have talent that's so obvious across all of the field, but they are really, really far apart from putting it all together. To me, this feels like a 2013 game between these two teams where Oklahoma jumped out to a lead, K-State hung around, was there, but didn't really ever threaten to take the lead. So that all being said, give me Oklahoma 34, K-State 24. As always, this has been your K-State Primer. I'm Tate Steinlogie with the Kansas City Catbackers. Help us champion the cats in the City of Fountains with a $25 membership, which goes directly towards helping student-athletes and the various events we put on each year. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for everything purple and white. All that said, thanks, and go cats. Boom, and we are back. Thank you again to Daryl over at Just OK Sports, my good friend, and then also Tate Steinlogie from K-State Catbackers. Uh, I tell you what, if anyone has the magic, it is that man, so I'm hoping it stays true. Let's jump into just some of the stuff that I'll be keeping my eye on um, and, you know, kind of the stakes of the game. I'm hoping... 
that I get to continue making this my number one. And I said I'm going to keep this as my number one until we have our third loss. I <laughs> I really, 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 really hope that it doesn't mean, uh, you know, we're going to start 0-3. And that uh, I only get to do this one more time uh, for, you know, stuff I'm going to keep my eye on. But until we have that third loss, this season... Uh, could still be, you know, magic. Uh, it's This is still going to be my number one thing in what it means. Um, I, I think this team can refine the magic. I just hope it's not a little bit too late because this team in the Big 12, the Big 12 is so wide open. I still believe they can make that second trip to Arlington. So again, if you win this game, all of a sudden you're coming out of what might be your two toughest Big 12 games, one and one. Uh, you still have a very tough game with Iowa State, uh, you know, in a couple weeks after a bye week. And then from there on, it's you're, you're off to the races. Yes, West Virginia seems to have your number. Baylor looks tougher than they're going to. Uh, Texas is basically Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with them. But it seems realistic. If you can get this game, all of a sudden you have to like where you're sitting had a chance to get back to Arlington. So again, until we get that third loss, I'm going to continue to say that's the the number one thing that's on the line, what I'm looking for. Uh, The next one is, you know, is Skyler back? Again, I said it before we got into the primers. I think he is. I think that we're going to see more snaps from Skyler Thompson at quarterback, despite Coach Kleiman telling us we're not going to. I think we are going to see more snaps from Skyler Thompson than any other quarterback. What does that mean? Well, that means that the idea of magic can be there. Again, Skyler, the Sooner Slayer, does he have a third act in him? Three straight years with three straight wins over top 10 Oklahoma teams, giving him his fourth straight win over a top 10 team as a starting quarterback, um, or his QB1, however you want to call it. That would be massive. But even if it isn't Skyler, all of a sudden... There is a, an even bigger microscope after that Oklahoma State game on Will Howard, on Jaron Lewis. Who is going to separate themselves from the pack? Who is going to be that leader in the clubhouse for 2022? Can you make it so this staff doesn't have to go out and find a transfer quarterback? Can you get the fan base back in your corner? Because for better or worse, and I think it is far worse, uh, unless there's some weird loophole we can find, Skyler's done. He's not walking back through that door after this year. You don't get Skyler Thompson for 2023. So someone's going to have to play quarterback next year. In a perfect world, somebody steps up. Um, so if it's if if it isn't Skyler, and again my official prediction is it is Skyler, uh, but if it's not, you need to see Will or you need to see Jaron truly look like they belong out there because. That wasn't the case versus Oklahoma State. It really wasn't. Um, The next thing that I'm going to be looking at, can the defense start hot, stay hot, or will it take them almost two full quarters to get there? Or will it be a situation where uh, it really does come to fruition that, hey, Gundy just took his foot off the gas, that the second half last week was more a product of Oklahoma State just trying to run the game out versus really trying to test the defense? Um the Lynch mob or the mob moniker is gone until you let until you see it again. If they make a big play, they get a turnover, and they throw up the mob sign, and I, am I going to run down there and tell them, no, you can't do that, you, 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 you don't deserve to do that? No, I'm not going to do that. 
But they need to start showing you something because they talked a lot and they were great talkers during those first three games. But then all of a sudden, you know, you, you can't get a stop to save your life versus Oklahoma State in that first half. And yes, uh, when you look at 31 points, probably 100% is bigger than it needs or than it actually turned out to be because you did have that fumble and recovery for six uh, when you're backed up on your own goal line. So the defense really only gave up 24. Um, but just the visuals of not being able to put up any resistance versus Oklahoma State in that first half just doesn't sit well if you're trying to do the whole bring back the mob thing. Uh, the, another thing is, will the special teams come up with another big play? We finally saw them uh, come up with the big play. Malik took it to the crib. He He's shown how special he can be when he gets space in the ball and he has that vision. But at the same time, he had two really bad returns. One of them, again, set up that uh, eventual you know bad snap, fumble, touchdown for Oklahoma State. Now, is that all Malik? No. I mean, you know, it was a bad snap. Will Howard didn't get, get on the ball. Um, it, it's not good. But that return did set them up in a very bad situation that resulted in the six points. So can we get a big play and then can we avoid those blunders? Um, because, again, I, I'm going to take that kick return touchdown even if it means some bad decisions to come out and pin yourself deep. I'm never turning away a touchdown on a return. But Malik did put you in some interesting situations before and after that. Um, so we'll see. Also, you know, maybe you go out and get another block punt versus Oklahoma. Uh, do something like that. That would be massive. Um, the, the next one is, can the crowd get into the game and stay in the game? We've had two pretty good crowds. Um, not elite by any means, but good crowds for the first two home games. And, you know, you had that crew that went down to Arlington, and they really brought the juice as well. But in those two home games, um, they were really great. They were rocking early, but then you get the Skyler injury, and then the crowd goes out of it. Then uh, versus Nevada, um, I'm not blaming anyone, but again, you know, it got hot. People left at halftime. It wasn't quite as rabid in that second half. So, can you get an elite crowd? Can you keep them engaging? Keep, can you keep it going the entire way? You're going to need any sort of advantage you can get. And a lot was made of, you know, all offseason. Oh, this is going to be the first truly hostile crowd that Spencer, Spencer Rattler is ever going to see. Can you rattle him? All those bad puns. Um, so you're going to need the the crowd to show up. And you're going. the crowd is going to need to get in the game, stay in the game. And quite frankly, the team's going to have to give the crowd a reason to get into and stay in the game at the end of the day we can uh as fans kind of critique each other and say oh the students weren't loud enough and oh the alumni didn't stand up enough yada 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 but again no crowd it doesn't matter what size or where the crowd is the crowd isn't going to be able to win the game for you if the team isn't giving you something to cheer for something to get rowdy for something to get on the other team for so I'm sure the student section will be quite venomous towards Oklahoma. It's going to be Oklahoma's first time going on a Big 12 road trip since they decided they're going to fuck off to the SEC. Um, so we'll see. I think the venom will be there early, but can it stay there all game? Um, specifically going to be looking at the wide receivers. Uh, are, are they going to be able to make some plays for the quarterbacks? I think that uh, there are there a handful of plays that the quarterbacks – made good enough throws. It got to the hands. 
and the Oklahoma State secondary just made a better play on the ball. You need Malik, you need Howell, you need these guys to, if it gets to your hands, you have even if it's 50-50, you have to decide, no, that ball is mine. Get the ball, bring it in, and hold on to it. Um, we, we've seen that, hey, I don't, I don't think you're going to get a ton of completely wide open plays downfield. I just don't think that the wide receivers are talented enough to do it. I think, quite frankly, we know the book on Malik, and we know the limitations of everyone else. So when they get the chance to get their hands on the ball, they have to come through. They have to come through for Skyler, for Will, for Jaron, whoever's throwing them that rock. Jake Rubley, Max Marsh, you know, Winkle on a fake, Ty Zentner on a punt. I don't care who it is. Make the play. If it is a 50-50 ball, go make us a play this week. So that's going to be another thing that we have my eye on. And finally, can this team bounce out of the rut? Too often they're a prisoner of the momentum. We saw it. They were able to bounce out of it uh, last year versus Oklahoma down on the road. When it was home versus Oklahoma, they were able to keep it early. And then, hey, they got into the rut and they just barely held on down at the end. They, they just barely hung on down to the end. So when they get momentum, keep it for as long as you can, but they're not going to hold on to this moment, momentum for four quarters. So when adversity strikes inside the game, someone needs to step up, make a big play, and bounce them out of it quick. You can't have a full quarter, a full half, in a rut versus Oklahoma team and still expect to win. It's not going to happen. So you're going to need someone to do that. So those are the things I'm going to be watching for. I have four keys for everyone. Since Grant's out, he wasn't able to give me his two keys. So here are my four keys. Yeah, that's right. You guys have to listen to me talk to talk quite a bit this week. That's all right. That's all right because we're all doing it for the Cats. My first one is win the turnover battle emphatically. This means you cannot turn the ball over, and you have to turn them over more than once. Uh, to get this win, especially with how limited we've seen our offense, you're going to have to create more opportunities and you cannot give up on any opportunity. So emphatically win the turnover battle is number one. Number two, keep their offense struggling. They have yet to really have that typical big offensive performance across an entire game like you've come to expect in a Lincoln-Riley offense. If you can get in front of them, get in front of them. And when they have the ball, don't let them get the big play. Don't let them get behind you. Don't let them throw over the safeties. And try not to fall for the trick plays. Oklahoma has dropped all sorts of trick plays on K-State. And K-State is very, very susceptible to trick plays. We over-pursuit. We are aggressive on defense. We saw us get burnt in screen passes versus Oklahoma State. We saw Nevada do some trick plays, and that was one of their biggest plays of the game. Um, Southern Illinois tried some reverses. I, I just am very worried. We've seen it a lot, so try not to get beat by the big play or the trick play. Number three is almost the exact inverse of that. On offense, you have to go for the home run play. We haven't been able to be this methodical drive the ball down the field type of offense uh, without Skylar Thompson, even with Skylar Thompson, you know, back in that Stanford game and hell, even the Southern Illinois game, it was big plays lead to points. Um, there weren't a lot of, you know, 10 play drives where you just kind of move the ball down the field and punch it in for six. So when you get your opportunities, you have to go for it and you have to capitalize. You have to score the touchdowns on those big plays. And number four is regain the magic. You'll know it on the field if it's there. You will. I can't explain it, but you will be able to feel it 
if you're in Manhattan. You'll be able to feel if that magic is there. And if it is there, you need to grab it with both hands and you cannot let go. Uh, college sports are the greatest thing in the world. College football is the greatest sport in the world because I think college football, above all other sports, allow for those magic moments. People want to point to basketball. People want to point to the NFL, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. Basketball, just as a game, just allows the underdog to come up and strike more easily. The NFL, it's parody. There's all sorts, like, it, it, the salary cap is bred for parody. College football, it's not like that. But when you get that magic, when it is just coursing through a stadium, that feeling cannot be met in any other sporting arena in the world. So if it is there on Saturday, if you're in the stadium, grab on to it, hold on to it, cherish it, because it doesn't come around as often as you'd like it. And this team just has happened to give you that magic game once a year in the climate era. So can he get it again? And for the team, if the magic's there, Grab it, hold on to it, and capitalize on it. And then don't let go. Because th- I think this can still be a magical year, but you're going to need some magic on Saturday to pull off that win. Now let's get into our game picks. They are sponsored by Spotify Green Room. Remember, we're going live every Wednesday on Spotify Green Room. Last week, I screwed up and only put 14 games in there. We have 16 games this week. And remember, always check the Bosco's Boys Twitter account where we have the polls so you guys can get in there. It was piss poor for everyone. I did better than anyone. I went 7-7 seven and seven last week. I'm now 39 and 39-20. Grant went 5-9 and nine and fell back to me at 39-20. and 20. And the Boneheads also went 5-9, and nine, a losing week for the Boneheads. They're down to 35-24. and 24. So let's get into it. I have Grant's picks. We're going to run through these. Uh, we have the 92nd all-time meeting between Texas and TCU. This game is in Fort Worth, and it's a clean sweep for Texas. Bonehead's had them at 75%. Um, I think it's going to be Texas big. I don't want that. I like like a lot of folks who cheer for TCU, but I think it's going to be Texas big. The next one, Texas Tech handling all sorts of injuries. Boneheads, this is the biggest uh, bonehead spread on the week. West Virginia, 97%. I have West Virginia big. Grant also has West Virginia it's another sweep down in T-Boone Pickens Stadium. It's a top 25 matchup. Baylor is in the top 25 after their upset over Iowa State. I think Oklahoma State wins it. I think they're a legitimately good team. I think Baylor, uh, I mean, if you look at the advanced statistics, they had no business beating Iowa State. Iowa State did Charlie Brown things by just giving the game away on special teams, just doing stupid stuff. So I'm still not a believer in Baylor, but if they beat Oklahoma State, I think you have to say Baylor is for real. Next, it's a battle uh, for the bottom of the Big 12. This is the 101st all-time meeting between these perennial bottom and cellar dwellers. The loser of this will be tied for the worst record in the Big 12 this season. You know them. You hate them. It's the Meteor Bowl is what I'm calling it because, hey, I'm rooting for a Meteor. It is Iowa State hosting KU. Boneheads, 96% have Iowa State. We uh, Both Grant and I have Iowa State. I don't think it's going to be close. I think I think all this talk about how uh, you know Lance Leopold has KU looking better, I don't think that's true. I do not think they are looking better. They had their moments versus a very bad Duke team but ended up just getting blown out late in the game. I don't think that is a sign of a good team or, quite frankly, a good coach. 
a good coach should never be losing by that many to a very, very, very bad Duke team. That Duke team may not win another game rest of the season and a very bad ACC. Um, let's get into the national games, the ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week. It's a clean sweep with the Georgia Bulldogs beating Arkansas. The next one, another clean sweep. Fox, big noon kickoff, Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's actually a one-point favorite. Again, Vegas always seems to know something, but I don't understand how Wisconsin's favored. I think Wisconsin is bad. Oregon at Stanford, another clean sweep. Bonehead's going 67%. Oregon, this one's closer, and I want to switch it, but I'm not going to. It's a clean sweep. Louisville at Wake Forest. Everyone's on Wake Forest. Boneheads have 54% for them. Another big blowout. It's the battle for the old wagon wheel. BYU at Utah State. Clean sweep. Everyone's picking BYU. Uh, BYU has 94% of the bonehead vote. Now it's a top 10 matchup in Indiana. Touchdown Jesus. We'll be looking over this one. Cincinnati at Notre Dame. The boneheads, 85% of them are going with future conference friend, the the Cincinnati Bearcats. Grant is also going with Cincy. I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame on this one. Um, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to see Cincinnati try to be a bracket buster, go undefeated, and see if the playoff committee will put them in there. Because quite frankly, they're going to have a much tougher schedule than anyone in the ACC and honestly probably anyone in the Pac-12. So if they end up running the table, I think they deserve to be in the playoff. I don't think they'll do it. But they do have to beat Notre Dame for it even to be a conversation. I'm picking them. We'll see what happens. We got a top 15 matchup. Ole Miss at Alabama. Another blowout on the bonehead side of things. 87% going with Bama. I'm going with Bama. Grant is going with Bama. Here's the next one. This is actually going to be the best game of college football played in the state of Alabama this week. It is Liberty at UAB. The boneheads riding with Liberty again even after getting upset at Stanford last week. 81%. I'm going UAB. Grant is also going with the Dragons of UAB. Now in what could be a matchup, a future matchup of the Mountain West Championship game, Nevada at Boise State. Boneheads, 65% going with Nevada. I'm going with Boise. Grant's going with Boise. But I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, Here's a Big Ten Woof-tastic classic. Woof-tastic classic. Say that twice. Northwestern at Nebraska, two bottom dwellers of the Big Ten. Uh, The Boneheads, this is the tightest one all week. They have Northwestern 52%. Grant and I both going with Nebraska, but we don't really want to, but we are. Here's the final national game before we get picks for the K-State-Oklahoma game. This is your bonus because we only did 14 last week. It is the Tigers versus the Tigers. Auburn at LSU. Boneheads, 74% going with Auburn. Grant's also going with Auburn. I'm going with LSU. I think Death Valley just might be a little bit too much for Bo Nix. I think LSU gets that win. And then finally, uh, the game you guys have all been waiting for. Uh, maybe the last game between K-State and Oklahoma. I think they'll play next year, but I think this may very well be the last time the Oklahoma Sooners ever play a football game in Manhattan, Kansas. And quite frankly... That's a little sad. This is a rivalry that goes back to the big six days. The fact that money and greed and a lost sense of superiority is ruining a game that has been played for decades upon decades is quite frankly sad. 
uh, when you have continued to see the deterioration of history between conference foes that have been playing forever. Literally forever. These two teams have been playing since before World War One. This is a rivalry, while one-sided, has been going on almost forever. This is the 101st meeting between the two teams. 101st meeting. This very well may be the last time it's ever in Manhattan. And quite frankly, that's sad. I love the Bonehead Zeal. They are going with K-State at 62%. Grant's going with Oklahoma. And I don't think I've picked K-State to win the last two years. And it pains me I'm not going to choose it this time. I'm going to say the score is going to end up being 38-24. to And K-State just doesn't quite get the magic that we want. Uh, But that might be the moment in the Disney movie that is this season where the team comes together and then they reel off, you know, seven straight wins. And then they face the Sooners again in Arlington. And I hope that is the case. I'm hoping we get a win. Uh, Tune in and get your voice heard. Spotify Green Room Wednesday, 7 p.m. That's tomorrow, 7 p.m. Let's hear your... Let's hear your predictions. Let's get a little bit more zeal than I just brought. But again, uh, college football is the greatest sport in the entire world. Uh, If you're going to be in attendance, be on the lookout for the magic and grab it with both hands. Uh, We love you guys. Grant would say meet you at the cat head. I would say hashtag all football season, no new friends. Feel free to bully whoever you want on the internet. If they're an Oklahoma fan or a stupid AP poll voter, Uh, we'll we'll, we'll hear you tomorrow Spotify Green Room that show will publish on Friday and again let's go let's see if we got a little bit more magic left in the tank Podcast Network.